I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello! I'm back! Year four, season four. Welcome, or welcome back to Unreasonable Doubt. A podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode one, South Dakota State. Wow. Is this a true road win? I mean, WVU played South Dakota State. South Dakota State wasn't part of the initial lineup. Now they're in the lineup playing in South Dakota. They're going to play, based on the broadcast, more games at this Pentagon. There's no fans in the Pentagon, but they didn't have to. They could have walked to the Pentagon from San Diego, from San Diego, from South Dakota State University. Let's be clear. When you acronym South Dakota State University, it's the same acronym as San Diego State University. One of those universities uh, Kawhi Leonard went to. And I'm not saying one's better than the other, but you can see how those get confused. Anyways, WVU starts this season with a win, 79-71 over the Jackrabbits. Great nickname. In the quarterfinals of the Bad Boy Mowers Crossover Classic. Can't stop, won't stop. Has there been more has there been a more anticipated season opener for WVU basketball in our lifetime? I mean, really, the last game was March 7th. Great win over a great Baylor team, the 21st win of last season. WVU's rounding into the into form, March 11th, Rudy Gobert tests positive for COVID-19 and they call off a, a basketball game. Soon after the Big 12 tournament was canceled with WVU in Kansas City, they just took a a trip to Kansas City and then flew back. No basketball was played by WVU. March Madness canceled. Coming into this season, top 15 preseason rankings, top 10 Ken Palm rating, almost everyone back from last year, no secret scrimmage, no public exhibition, and while there's, you know, all that's happening, okay, to lead to the anticipation of the first game. And what did we get? <laughs> there was a lot of new things, right? But there's also, in this first game, a lot of familiarity from last season. Now, I'm not going to read too much into this game. <laughs> Ah, who am I kidding? I'm going to read a lot into this game. Let's start with the new things, all right? Cody Nesper, on this podcast, nailed his prediction for the new starting five. So that's new, and it had to be new because Jermaine Haley graduated. But Deuce, not a surprise in the starting lineup. Sean McNeil, shot robot, gets the start at the two-guard. 
And then no surprises with Matthews, Culver, and Oscar. So Jordan McCabe started the last few games of his freshman season, almost every game last year, comes off the bench in the first game this season. That's new. All that's new. What else was new? Three new faces get their first minutes for WVU. Jalen Bridges, Isaiah Cottrell. It's not Cottrell. It's Cottrell and Kedrian Johnson. Now, first game, all those guys are uh, new to the program. Kedrian Johnson's a junior. The other guys are freshmen. Not great in their first game, but you got to start somewhere, right? Two points for those three guys in a combined 17 minutes. Cottrell got dunked on a couple of times. Kedrian Johnson had a memorable air ball. But you got to start somewhere. It's all up from here, guys. Congrats on getting your first minutes at WVU. What else was new? Uh, oh, Mike Kazaza. He was on the podcast just a few days ago, and he was right about Huggins playing three guards together. That was his prediction. It We had lots of that tonight. Lots of Deuce, Shot Robot, Mix-In Taz on the floor at the same time. Saw a lot of that. Also saw some Deuce and McCabe together in the second half with either Taz or Shot Robot. I, I don't recall. But lots of three guard. And a little more pressing than what I anticipated, especially in the second half. It might have been because of the matchup and just changing the tempo. But that was new. The big new for this particular game compared to most other Bob Huggins WVU seasons, ball security. My buddy Joe pointed this out to me right after the game. Hopefully, you're if you're driving your car right now, listening to this, pull over. I don't think you're going to be able to handle this stat I'm about to tell you. It's absolutely true. Triple checked it. And it's appropriate I triple checked it because WVU in this game, and it, they went 40 minutes, it wasn't a shortened game, WVU had only three turnovers. Yeah, it's true. Only three turnovers, which is brand new, totally new. It made me go through and see when's the last time WVU has it WVU since Bob Huggins has been the coach ever had only three turnovers. I was surprised by this. This is the third time now college basketball reference. Great website. They have full game logs going back to the 2010, 2011 season. So I've got, this is the 11th season to go from. This is the third time in 11 seasons that WVU has only had three turnovers in a game, which that's a rare bird. They haven't had less than three turnovers ever in those 11 seasons, but this is the third time it's happened. The last time was 2015. And we all remember the game WVU had three turnovers against Louisiana Monroe in 2015. Am I right? And who could forget that 2012 game that they lost versus Notre Dame where they had three turnovers? Mike Bray and them boys. Anyways, amazing, rare, 
anomaly, but necessary in a game that was pretty close for the first game of the season. Again, no secret scrimmage, no exhibition. Go to South Dakota, play against uh, people who are not on your team. So I don't, again, shouldn't read too much into this, but it's a podcast and I'm going to read into it. So all those things brand new. That's a shorter list than what I would consider the familiar list. (laughs) If we're talking about the first game in comparison to this group of guys uh, from last season. What was familiar stat-wise in this game? Guess what? WVU didn't shoot the ball well. (laughs) Now, some of that San San Diego, I'm going to keep doing that on purpose. I mean, I'm not trying to do it, but that's a testament to perhaps the better acronym of SDSU. South Dakota State, uh, that's a tribute to what they were doing defensively. Uh, But also, you know, that's familiarity. That's like, uh, you know, we're at Thanksgiving, and while Thanksgiving may look different from you, the familiarity of Thanksgiving smells. WVU shooting under 40% is like smelling when the lid comes off the sweet potato casserole at Thanksgiving. It's like, oh, I know what that is, right? WVU shot poorly from the three-point line. They And they were consistent. <laughs> Gosh, they were four for 16 in the first half. And in the second half, four for 16. Yeah, eight for 32, 25%. Not great. Below their team average of uh, 29% last year. So not a great start. Shooting the three ball. Oscar started slow out of the gates. Last year in his debut, five points in 12 minutes versus Akron. Tonight, early foul trouble, seven points in 14 minutes. He caught, uh, he just, he wasn't into it. And again, another familiar smell at Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, the, the rolls are coming out of the oven. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited for for roles. And the roles for this game is the defensive strategy by WVU's opponent. And we've got to get used to this if this is a thing. Again, just one game. But uh, South Dakota State's strategy was, hey, you know what? I bet you with the ball 15 feet away, 18 feet away, I bet you can't make that wide open three. I bet you can't make that 15-footer. I'm not going to be within seven feet of you. I'm going to be disrespectfully away from you. The daring, double daring, triple dog daring you to shoot the ball. All right? Isaiah Cottrell, shoot the ball. <laughs> uh, Emmett Matthews, shoot the ball. Uh, Shot Robot, we'll get... We'll, You know, you're known for a shooter. We'll give you a couple of wide open ones. Hey, Gabe, from the free throw line, shoot it. And if WVU makes those shots, they're going to blow out teams, right? Uh, But tonight, that strategy worked for South Dakota State, kept them in the game. Uh, Another thing that was familiar... 
Derek Culver getting all the rebounds. He had 14 rebounds tonight. The guy gets rebounds. That's familiar. Culver airballing a five-foot hook shot. Familiar. I don't like that familiar, but it is familiar. Here's a familiar that's a positive familiar, and it's Deuce McBride carrying the team. Best guy on the floor for WVU tonight. MVP of the game, 23 points, three assists, zero turnovers. And the mid-range pull-up game, chef's kiss. He can get his shot. And they were guarding the deuce. They were not saying, hey, deuce, shoot a a pull-up 15-footer. Deuce just said, this is what I'm going to do. And he did it and did it well. Gabe, lunch paling it. I told you about the clunker from the foul line, but three steals, eight rebounds, a wonderful Gabe stat line, and Gabe with the assist from Shot Robot with the dagger to put the game out of the re- out of reach late. So props to Gabe. I love that familiar uh, feel of Gabe doing Gabe things. It's great. Good to see Gabe. Another familiar thing, quiet Emmett Matthews. You know, he made a couple of shots early, made a shot, you know. He played under 20 minutes, I think. Nothing terrible, nothing bad. Quiet Emmett Matthews. That's a familiar feeling. This is a familiar feeling that I don't like, but I feel like it's true. WVU... I think was overall pretty good at defense. Cottrell had some rough spots. McCabe had his one moment. But overall, I think good WVU defense. And yet in the second half, this is a familiar feeling. WVU's opponent making ridiculous, crazy shots. Horse shots. How many fadeaways did the Jackrabbits hit in the second half with us with w- I'm not on the team. With WVU guarding well. And some guy is pivoting three or four times in a circle and then doing a fadeaway and it swishes. What are we doing? Does that just happen to WVU? Anyway, the last familiar feeling for this game is an early season ugly win over a very good mid-major team. South Dakota State is a good team, okay? They're going to be very good in their conference. They're in the bracketology for what it's worth right now. They've only played, they're zero and one. But they're being predicted to make the NCAA tournament. So, yes, this is a four-point game with under two minutes left, but WVU wins this game, and that's a good team. So got to feel good about that and got to feel good about WVU being 1-0. I feel great about that. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime Creative Group is a lead sponsor for Unreasonable Doubt. You need graphic design in your life. Dyer Prime Creative Group can help you with graphic design. What does that mean? 
you need something to put on a t-shirt for your upcoming 5k where you're going to raise money you're starting a business and need promotional items like t-shirts and embroidered hats and stuff like that that's what they do they're creative and they can help you with your t-shirts your hoodies all that stuff with a logo that you have or they can help you create a logo give them a call or text them to find out more 304-767-4445 Google Dyer Prime Creative Group. Go to DyerPrime.com. D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Yes, I could talk about the bad boy motors. <laughs> the bad boy mowers marketing director on a mower spinning a basketball on his finger talking about the preeminent <laughs> basketball tournament in the country. I could go there, but let's let's talk about Sioux Falls. Let's talk about the actual Sioux Falls. Lots of shots during the broadcast of not the city Sioux Falls, but the actual falls. I'm assuming what I'm seeing when you're showing me a waterfall in Sioux Falls is that those are the Sioux Falls. That's an assumption. Never been to South Dakota. Nice looking falls. Got to admit. Now, it's not a contest. I'm not making it a contest. We have waterfalls in West Virginia as well. You know, we have have your Cathedral Falls. We have your Blackwater Falls, your Canal Falls. Apologies to all the other falls in West Virginia. And I don't know how many falls there are in South Dakota. Some would argue better waterfalls in West Virginia than in Sioux Falls. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm not saying West Virginia's waterfalls are better. I'm not saying they're not better. What I did notice is that when you see the Sioux Falls at night, number one, you can see the Sioux Falls at night. And someone in Sioux Falls is lighting up the Sioux Falls with what looks to be uh, LED lights of different, like, like it made the Sioux Falls green. I just got my oldest daughter uh, so for her birthday some LED lights for her bedroom. And you make them all these different colors. She, she really enjoys them. That same technology is, is being used and I'm sure they're bigger lights, but to light up Sioux Falls. And again, there's no right or wrong here. You know, if you can sleep at night making your falls uh, light up at night and not stick with the natural beauty of looking at waterfalls, you know, during the day, like how you look at nature during the day. If you can sleep at night doing that, then that's all that matters. It doesn't make your waterfalls less. It makes them unique because you're making them different colors artificially. Also, in one of the early afternoon games, they showed the score one of the scoreboards inside the Sanford Pentagon. Listen, 
It was a it was a a throwback scoreboard. And the throwback scoreboard, and I it's I've seen one of these before. I'm guessing in the movie Hoosiers, but it had like you know how like they used to make wristwatches, and they I guess they still do with like a a minute hand and an hour hand and a second hand, you know, and the, and like uh like the hands move and like uh what I would consider clock uh, clockwise. <laughs> the scoreboard was like that, and that's at one point. In basketball gyms, that's how people kept track of time. Like they just put what the technology on your on your wristwatch uh, on a scoreboard. It shouldn't be that. It's not confusing. <laughs> but come on, Sanford Pentagon, you're building seven years old. You didn't invent basketball. Why do you got the old timey scoreboard there? Yeah, it's kind of cool, and you're like, oh, that's neat. I'm glad that there's other clocks, other scoreboards that have, you know, numbers that count down like the like the show 24, you know? Use, I guess what I'm saying is, that's cute. Don't make it actually keep time. And for scoreboards, because we're in the year 2020, have numbers, you know, like uh, like your iWatch or your cell phone, all right? Your smartphone. There's no second hand on your smartphone. And if there is, it's because you wanted there to be, okay? And maybe start thinking, you know, they didn't have a shot clock in college until the 80s. And I thought it was just like a stylistic choice, you know? But after trying to look at that, <laughs> after trying to look at that scoreboard in motion, I think they didn't have a shot clock because it would it would have been too complicated. <laughs> All right, guys, huddle up. All right, we've got we've got thirty seconds to shoot the ball, so we have until the big hand hits the seven. All right, guys. <laughs> All right. So it's on the one. If you look up at the scoreboard and it's at the six, then you've got five seconds left. All right. So make <laughs> make the best of that, okay? All right, break. And they and like you leave the break is like, coach, what's the play? Well, I, I don't have time to tell you about the play. We gotta figure out when the shot clock expires. Because there's there's a second hand that we've got to follow. Anyways, that, a game that's kind of simple to understand, like basketball, and that was the and that was the clock, right? Like not even like an egg timer or something, with just one thing to look at. Anyways, the other thing I noticed: we're in South Dakota. What do you think of, you listener, what do you think of when you think of South Dakota? And think about South Dakota before the pandemic, because I'm guessing your mind went to how uh, how South Dakota is handling the pandemic currently, right? But think pre-pandemic. What When you think South Dakota, what do you think of? 
All right. I think of Mount Rushmore. I think Mount Rushmore is on the South Dakota license plate. Like it's that's where Mount Rushmore is. That's your claim to fame. Okay. On the back of the South Dakota quarter, I'm assuming it has Mount Rushmore. All right. Zero shots of Mount Rushmore during the game. And yes, if you Google map it, South uh, South Dakota is a large state and Mount Rushmore is on the is like more than five hours away from Sioux Falls. All right? But it's in the same state. Okay? I need Mount Rushmore shots if you're playing games in South Dakota. It could be the opposite end of South Dakota, and it kind of is. Give me Mount Rushmore. All right. And it's an opportunity during the game. Like, who's the Mount Rushmore for the WVU SDSU game? And if you're asking me, I think the Mount Rushmore for this game would have been Deuce, Taz, Culver, and number 15 from South Dakota State that was making ridiculous shots. ESPN, you're missing a golden opportunity. When you're in the state of South Dakota, you have people in South Dakota covering the game. You're not doing it from like a, a bunker in Connecticut. People are doing video. You got to, even if you didn't do the shot of Mount Rushmore, just do the courtesy of courtesy of whoever took the picture of Mount Rushmore. Give me a shot of Mount Rushmore. All right. That's what you're supposed to do. I've seen WVU games where they show a picture of the New River Gorge Bridge. New River Gorge Bridge isn't close to Morgantown, but it's in the state of West Virginia. So it makes sense, and you do that. You're in South Dakota? Give me Mount Rushmore. That's all. Maybe they'll fix it tomorrow after they heard this. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram, at UnreasonableDoubtWV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU in the crossover classic in South Dakota will be Virginia Commonwealth University, VCU. The Rams beat Utah State tonight 85-69 in their first game to advance to play WVU in the semifinals. They were led in scoring by a guy named Nashon Highland, but people don't call him Nashon. His name is Bones. Very cool nickname. Here's my question. Are kids in college, like young, like I'm getting older. This is an old man question. Are kids that are in college... Like their parents, they could name their kids after the TV show Bones. I'm just, and I'm not saying that that Bones' parents named him because of the TV show Bones, but 
but is that possible? And I'm not going to look it up. I'm just asking the question. Anyways, they shot 53% against Utah State. So they're one to know, just like WVU is. VCU picked ninth in the Atlantic 10 preseason poll. Atlantic 10's got an issue like the Big 12, where there's more than 10 teams in the Atlantic 10. I don't know how many. It's more than 10. But they're picked ninth, so bottom, middle of the pack. WVU will have a size advantage again, and they will be favored in the betting odds to win this game. Speaking of which, the line opened up as at nine and a half in Las Vegas. And on your smartphone app in West Virginia. And guess what? It was a 10-point game. 15 seconds left. Meaningless basketball is being played. And South Dakota, South Dakota State guy comes down and makes a shot. And WVU wins by eight. So if you don't have any money on the game, it doesn't matter. If you're betting the game... Huge implications for that meaningless shot and the free throws that happened prior that got you up to 10. Anyways, WVU is going to be favored. If we're going with familiar, my only prediction for game two is that Oscar Sheepway is going to have more than seven points. All right. Last year, Oscar started the season with five points in his first game against Akron. Second game, he had 20 points. So if this year he had seven points and we're going with familiar, then let's let's feel familiar and have Oscar score uh, in the 20s. How about that? That's my prediction. Way more than seven points. That game will be at 2.30 on Thanksgiving on ESPN. So I don't know how you're doing Thanksgiving. Football is usually associated with Thanksgiving. Uh, not tomorrow if you're a WVU fan. If there's a football game going on, you know, you've got to make a decision. And if you have sway in this decision, flip on the WVU game. It should be a good one. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you listen to podcasts, right? You can listen on CastBox. Subscribe to this podcast. That helps the podcast. If you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening, then it automatically downloads to your device. You don't have to do anything. So do that. Even if you just listen or don't listen, just press the play button. That helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm so happy that basketball is back. It's weird. It doesn't mean that I'm not happy. I was nervous this whole game. I was nervous before the game. And that's a familiar feeling. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're 1-0.